Episode 1032, and it's the Relevant Podcast here in Orlando. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's happening? And from Austin, Texas, author, speaker, and podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Brittany Moses. Uh, She's a friend of the show. She's been on several times. She's an amazing counselor, a mental health expert. Uh, We talked to her about uh, setting realistic expectations for the new year. It's a great convo. Uh, Don't miss it. We also have, at the end of the show, you won't want to miss this game. Two truths and a lie. Everybody has come prepared with two truths and a lie. You can play along with us. See if you can guess. The lies. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. Yeah, are, did you guys? Are you prepped? You guys ready for that one? Are you? you got I'm your t- so ready. I'm I very can't wait. Prepped. I'm I'm ready. I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win it too. So I feel like so much of Jesse's life is like exactly exaggerated like I mean, at a level that like where is the the line between truth and lie i agree cameron it's, it it blurs significantly <laughs> you know between or just he has so many stories that you're like that can't be true and he's like no that's no, it true happened. Yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah i mean it's what what an existence and i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for people to be keyed in on some of its highlights this afternoon so so stay tuned <laughs> listeners all right well let's we got a lot to get to uh let's move the show along stay tuned up next it's slices can i hear you say Two coin. The song is killing me. The song is killing me. That's funny. I mean, the song's name is killing me. But it, anyway, it's killing me. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. It's time for... Slices. All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, so we just uh, we just kicked off 2023. Everyone's very excited. I feel like... Every, I feel like... I think we talked about this like two weeks ago. Every year since like 2018, people are like, finally, that's behind us. And so here we are. We're in 2023. And NPR released a really interesting uh, little uh, uh, recap of newspaper headline from 1923 that predicted what the news will be in 2023. Like basically in the newspapers 100 years ago, what did they think that we would all, how we would be living 
when uh, during this new year. So, they so actually, I'd like to read it. In 1923, they, somebody wrote this. They wrote a prediction mm-hmm. of life. These are from years newspapers. From these are from, from different futurists and newspapers around the country oh, okay. in, gotcha. in, in 1923. Got it. Um, so some of them are actually, uh, you know, reasonably accurate. Like one that says that we'll all or a lot of people will have um, telephones that are the size of a watch that you can wear on your wrist. So look, I mean, how many people on here are wearing an Apple Watch right now? Mm-hmm. Jamie, you got one. I am. Mm-hmm. Cameron's got one. Yep. Either way, it, true, right? You know what? Uh, hold on, hold on. Think about that though. That was in the era of Dick Tracy, the comic book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Dick Tracy had that that trans, you know that. So mm-hmm. radio thing. Spy tech. They were just saying would become common. So it was in it was in the public imagination at that point. You know, because of Dick yeah. Tracy. I mean, but not all of them. Flying cars were pretty much in in a lot of these that they that we'd be just zipping around, and I think we're all. Incredibly disappointed that uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, I that, am definitely not because people that, can't drive and they're not flying. So I mean, growing up watching the Jetsons, you're like, I one day, one day we're going to be flying through the air. I'm happy. Well, I'm happy that's not a reality. Another one said uh, that you know the the life expectancy will reach 100 years old. Um, this one's a little bit of a bummer because we've actually been on quite a bit of a decline in the last handful of years. We're down to 76. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully we can turn that one around. Um, there was also another one. Uh, <gasps> Wait, that- hold, on, hold on. Hold on. You said the Jetsons flying cars. I just, I just yeah. looked this up. The Jetsons was... How old would you say George Jetson was? Dad, he had a teenage daughter, maybe 40. Would you say yeah, he was 40? 40, 40, okay. 40, so mid-40s. So the Jetsons premiere in 1962, it was set a hundred years in the future. So the year of 2062, if George mm-hmm. Jetson was 40, he was born last year. Wow. George mm-hmm. Jetson. So in our lifetime, we will have flying cars. If the Jetsons were According correct to the Jetsons. in the next yeah. 40 years, oh, Lord. 30 Lord, years, because wow. they got to build all that. those. Yeah, yeah. we gotta get going. I want that we little can't... robot lady at my house too. No, like, I, I, Jetson's don't, I don't. I don't. Yeah. Please, God, come back before. <laughs> we, we can't even get a car to you know drive itself autonomously on the street without terrifying everyone. You know, hey, I mine works it's... just fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> I. I've read too many news stories that I'm like, okay, this is probably a terrible idea. Um, <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. It the, is an adventure every time I go anywhere. I mean, it's like you're, you're like a cat. You're like, you're like, you're, you're, you're ready for something bad to happen. You know what I mean? You're like, on yeah, it sounds, like, sounds super relaxing. I'm glad, I'm glad. <laughs> glad they got that on the market. I'm very alert. I'm more alert when I let the car drive than I am when I drive. So anyway, well, th- th- this one, uh, that there was a headline that ran in in a paper that said no more hard work by 2023 Mm. and the futurist who wrote it said the time is coming when there will be no long drudgery that people uh will toil not more than four hours a day owing to the work of electricity Mm. um and they said that you know in in his prediction every city would be would be absolutely spotless because robots that we just have cleaning it i feel like we've gone the opposite direction here too (laughs) on the cities yeah (laughs) and the work the the, the cities and the work i feel like the more cool stuff we invent the more people we have to maintain those inventions and uh you know uh i think you know this in the futurist was saying we'd go from four hours a day from eight hours a day to to four hours 
I think we're we're sitting about a 10 right now. So, uh, you know, not looking great for flying cars or or slow work days um, or uh, a long life expectancy. But look on the bright side, guys. <laughs> Two of the five of us are wearing Apple watches, which can technically <laughs> make a phone call. So... <laughs> It is funny, like pe- people's perception of the future is is always funny. You got but you got to remember, like like uh, right around that era, nineteen twenty three. So in nineteen twenty six is when Henry Ford instituted an eight hour workday for his factory workers. So that was an era where the factory and the they were toiling long days, yeah. like ten uh-huh. hour, twelve hour uh-huh. days. Uh-huh. So the idea that a futurist would say, Hey, it's going to automate things that we won't have to do as much yeah. manual labor. It'll be about four hours. We can accomplish what we're now doing in 10 or 12. He actually was right on the automation mm-hmm. side of it. You know, like he wasn't right about the structure mm-hmm. of the workday, the normal workday, but he was right. He, he, that, did, he you didn't know. factor yeah. in human greed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't true. factor yeah. in human greed. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. All right. What do you have, Jamie? Well, you know, it's, we're what, like eight days into the new year or something like that. Um, So this is a little kind of old news, but it still is relevant to January. So on January 1st, Equinox, is that how you say the workout place? Equinox? Equinox? We have one here in Austin. I've never been. It's pretty, I think it's like a high class workout area. Mm -hmm. Um, They put up a sign and they got some criticism, but they also got some people who are like, way to go. They had a day-long campaign on January 1st called We Don't Speak January, and it was forbidding new members from joining on that day, which it's a Sunday. It was a weird New Year's Day this year. I felt like Sunday was kind of weird, but they said on January 1st, uh, they were not ex- ex- they were not accepting any new members. Their uh, Facebook post, it said, it's not you, it's January. The company called the month of January a fantasy delivered to your door in a pastel colored box. I don't really quite understand that, but they did say you are yeah, not. Why is a, it pastel? Yeah, I didn't get it. And I don't. This seems more of like an Easter thing. Is but January anyway. a fantasy delivered to your door? I don't get it. But it said you are not a New Year's resolution. Your life doesn't start at the beginning of the year. And that's not what being part of Equinox is about. Basically, they're like, come back tomorrow. Can't join today because we don't want any of you people who are just wanting to work out because it's January 1st. I thought it was like marketing, like, oh, this is kind of interesting and stuff. And sometimes bad criticism is not, you know, the worst kind of, you know, criticism Mm -hmm. in marketing. And so Mm -hmm. they just had to come back on Monday. I'm like, who's going to the gym on Sunday anyways? Like, it was just, it was a weird, a weird campaign, but Uh, But you get the the ethic of what they're trying to communicate is like, this is a lifestyle, stay committed. Yeah, Yeah, I do too. I do too. I do. I do. I mean, but I guess to me, it's like shaming your customer base kind of that for, too. for 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 wanting to positively improve their life at a time when there is positive social pressures like uh, you know we always talk about peer pressure uh-huh. and, and, and 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 you know the the influence of social media this is one thing where collectively we've decided that this time of year even though it holds no like actual significance when it comes to like how our minds and bodies function, that we will take time to reflect on ways we can improve ourselves. And one company that is in the self-improvement business, <laughs> that is their entire business plan, is shaming people mm-hmm. for buying into what seems like a pretty wholesome <laughs> no, what they're, collective. Listen, they're trying to say, don't do this because it's a short-term, quick-fix goal. This is a lifestyle. Do it the right way or don't do it at all. They're just, come on. 
They're, they're trying to say, like, make this a, a real part of your life. There had to be somebody at the table that was like, y'all, we're going to lose out on a lot of money here, though. Because I'm, I'm just going to tell you guys, uh, we had a Gold's Gym open up here close to me, and I joined yeah. and went twice. And I need to call because it's been 12 months and I haven't been, and they're still taking my money every month. Mm-hmm. That is a good business plan right there. A taking those money that never show up. So yeah. they miss out on some money. True. I see both sides. <laughs> All right. What do you have, Derek? Speaking of futuristic things and... uh self-driving cars and such a guy in germany just took the police on a 15 minute high speed chase in his tesla while he was asleep no. and it was a self-driving mode <laughs> yes this man was knocked out that's so funny to the me. police were trying to catch him this man's car was driving itself and he would the police were chasing him he would not pull over i mean could not pull over they found out he was actually like high as a kite oh he wasn't just taking a nap because he's been working hard that man was high as a bug and he had weights on the steering wheel of the tesla for those of you that have them know you have to keep your hand on the steering wheel so he put weights on the tesla so he had his hands off the wheel and they were leading him on a chase so i got two takes on this one first off if dude was high and didn't want to drive hey man i gotta give him some credit for that Right. But then also Tesla must have come a long way with their self-driving. If this man was taking the police on a high speed chase. Right. Like he's maneuvering in and out of traffic. Yeah, it does. With the car that he's not even driving. That's pretty dope. Like I'm not even going to lie. That's pretty progressive. It it must have come a long way because I've seen. I've seen like a, a one self-drive one time. It was like a restaurant. Somebody pulled it out to come like pick them up at the door. I'm like, bro, I could have walked back and forth to your car like six times as much time as this Tesla's taken to okay. just drive around. First of all, that wasn't self-driving. That was the summon feature. And it's like if it's raining or whatever and you're at the mall, you can have your car come pick you up. But Ooh, if I was like a police that. officer, I could have stopped it on, on foot, much, much less. <laughs> Much less a patrol car. <laughs> but th- this is what's interesting about this I just is like, think that's crazy. There's been a, so one of the things, the full self driving that I have, like, you have to have your eyes on the road. Like, there's an in right. cabin camera looking at your eyes. Oh. And, if, uh-huh. and if I'm looking down for too long or like getting something out of the glove box or I'm looking off to the side for too long, it'll alert me. It'll like, ding, uh-huh. ding, ding, like look at, like, look ahead. It watches my eyes. So, number one, I don't know how he was asleep unless he had like sunglasses on or something maybe but then number two you do have to have your hand on the wheel right it once and if you don't about every minute or so it'll it'll ding you like hey i need to know you're there you're paying attention your hands on the wheel put some apply some pressure so these people are rigging weights and uh, you know and then just letting it drive and it acts like it thinks that the hand is on the wheel which is terrifying but Elon tweeted yesterday to somebody who was saying like, I've done like 10,000 miles in self-drive mode beta. I should not have to have my hand on the wheel. It's stupid. And Elon goes, I agree. We'll do an update in January. So he's, they're going to remove the restriction of having your hand on the wheel. So you can take naps if you have on dark enough sunglasses, I guess. I I mean, it's crazy. Seems like a fan. With how everything's going with him these days, this seems like it's going to end. Great. I know. I, I have I have mixed emotions. <laughs> number one, I'm glad because the hand thing is annoying. But number two, like there's some crazy people out there, you know. 
but right. there's some crazy people out there. One of them owns the company. So. <laughs> Elon Elon yeah. is not on a winning streak right now, so it's like I I don't know how I feel about that update. I'm like, did man. You, do you know? Did you see that he's the first person in history to lose two hundred billion dollars? He like literally has wow. lost more money than anyone in history <laughs> in the last six months. But that he's still dude. like the richest person still, right? No, he, he lost it. The, oh, he to, did. Okay. Yeah. He dropped to number two. Yeah. That's a lot of money to lose $200 billion and still be in second place. Like, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty good head start. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's a good head start, but uh, that's a lot of money to lose. That's a lot <laughs> yeah. of money. He lost That's more than the GDP of, of Finland. He yeah. lost more than, you know, like it, it was a list of like the GDPs of all these countries oh. that he lost more than. Like he yeah. lost an entire country. Wow. So, yeah. Okay, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Brittany Moses joins us. of a home don't even pick up your phone i thought that you're listening you to marco the song is you won't hey if you like this podcast but you might like it better if there were no ads you can do that head over to relevantmagazine.com and sign up for relevant plus for just a couple bucks a month you get this podcast ad free you get ad free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com including the full podcast and magazine archives our beautifully designed digital issue and a little more. Uh, check out all the info right there on the Relevant Plus tab at relevantmagazine.com. Well, our guest today is Brittany Moses. She's a trusted counselor and friend of the show. She sat down with our very own downtown Emily Brown to discuss setting realistic expectations for the new year, why it's important to know your identity before starting new habits, and what good mental health actually looks like. Here's our conversation with Brittany Moses. good place to start is actually kind of what you mentioned about wanting to talk about getting our mindset and core beliefs around our identity. So, you know, what did you mean by that? What does that look like? Yeah, you know, I think that when it comes to the new year and us getting excited about our goals and different tasks and habits that we can do, I think it can be really easy to get trapped into the whole, like, I want to work out three times a week, or I want to, you know, go vegetarian or I want to, you know, make better grades or uh, be, a, be a better steward of my finances. And there's absolutely not nothing wrong with having those goals. But something that I've been encouraging more is like shifting our mindset around that, meaning that, and this actually comes up in the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is pretty, pretty popular. Um, but it's really speaking to the idea of really focusing more on our identity than this set list of tasks and goals. And this is the mental shift. You know, it's um, if, you know, we have these core beliefs about ourselves, that's like, you know, I'm lazy, or I'm not good at socializing, or I'm not good with money, or I'm not a good student, or, you know, whatever it may be. But then we have these goals 
in which we want to get better in these things. We're who we believe we are is in dissonance with the goals that we're setting. So it makes it really easy to eventually fall off of those things and let them go, which then reaffirms kind of that confirmation of bias of, see, I'm not really that person. Or like, I can't really be that person who does these things or is good at these things. But the reason why those things are so easy to let go of is because we haven't shifted or renewed our core beliefs about our identity and about who we are. It's a very different thing to go into the new year um, or just in life in general at any point and focus on the identity aspect of, you know, I am a person who is capable of being responsible with my finances. And as a person who is responsible with finances, this is what I do. I create a budget every month, or I make sure to set aside something for my savings, or I am a person who embodies wellness. And because of that, I work out more, or I incorporate more movement into my day, or I eat things that nourish my body, or I get a moderate amount of sleep every night, right? It's more of the idea of because I am this person, because this is the identity that I affirm, the identity that I claim, these actions are a result. They are a part of who I am. Because the irony is that, you know, we kind of are our identity in some aspect is made up of our habits is made up of what we do regularly so as we affirm this identity and we do these things that are a reflection of our identity and we're continuing you know in these habits um then that reaffirms to ourselves, that gives us more evidence that reaffirms that this is a part of our identity and this is who i who i am and it strengthens and builds um who we are, um, which can lead to change in, in changing those actions and behaviors regularly. Um, so, and, and you know, this is very biblical. It's not anything new. You know, you have Proverbs 23, 7 that says, for as a man thinketh, so is he, you know, or, you know, we talk about Ephesians 4, 23 and letting the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So there is this partnership with God. I want to make that clear. It's not just this like self-competency, but it's also in this partnership um, with God as we are affirming who he's even called and created us to be, you know, um, very similarly to the process of sanctification that ties into this, right? The process of sanctification is that, you know, I am a new creation in Christ. You know, this is who God called and created me to be, a person of good works, you know, a person who exhibits love to those around me, whatever, what have you. And so because this is my identity in Christ, I'm putting away the old, I'm putting away, you know, um, my old ways or my old habits, and I'm now embodying things that align with my identity in Christ. And therefore, as I continue to make changes along this trajectory um, and continue to make different choices and actions that align with this identity, it's subsequently changing who I am um, from the inside out. So it's, it's also very aligned with the process of sanctification, this idea of I'm taking on this new identity, I affirm this identity, I practice within this identity, and because of that, my actions are an outpouring 
of this of this core part of who I am. And so there's more consistency in this trajectory because um, it's a part of who I am. It's not just an isolated list of tasks to do. so many people think that therapy is only for when you're going through something like really tragic or trying to process through something but you brought up that it's actually can be for a lot of different things um and so I'd kind of like to hear more about that you know this is going to be such a big question but what can people use therapy for oh my gosh there's so many things whether it is that you're trying to um, set goals for yourself and you're trying to meet those goals, especially mental goals. If there are mental obstacles that are holding you back things, even just like imposter syndrome on the job, like I want to overcome imposter syndrome so I can show up confidently and authentically in my work. Right. Sometimes there are these mental hurdles that we have that are just, they might not be severe, but there's something that's interfering with our daily life and our functioning and holding us back from fully showing up as our true selves. Right. So, um, um, kind of even these like daily mental obstacles or it can be something as deep as you know working through things like um, traumas that have shaped our core beliefs or you know um, depression or anxiety of course which is what gets a lot of attention mm -hmm. but even um, I know for me with my therapist there were some sessions where we were just talking about what was working in my life because I think we overlook those things like what did I do this week that actually worked that's act that I noticed is has been good for my mental health that I notice you know has been creating the mental shift that I need or whatever it is you know sometimes I think we're so forward thinking about getting to the next thing or the next thing that we have to do um, that we don't pause to realize like what are the things that are actually working um, so that I can make sure to keep incorporating those things in my life. Like when I do these things, when I incorporate movement into my life, when I make sure to set aside time to meet up with a friend or, or family, or when I wake up and start my day with worship or scripture or reading or whatever it is, I notice that my day is better. My week is better. Um, instead of overlooking those things, sometimes those are great to talk about, like what's working in your life. Um, yeah, again, like setting goals, if there's certain even milestones that you're trying to reach in your life, but you're having a hard time getting to them, maybe you want to transition into moving out of your parents' home, you know, or you're trying to set better boundaries with the people around you or even with social media, you know, um, these are all types of things that you can work through with a therapist because what you essentially have is someone who is non-judgmental and meets you where you are and is confidential. You don't have to worry about it going anywhere, but can also hold you accountable. That's a big part of therapy is having short-term and long-term goals and making sure that, um, there is evidence that those things are actually being met and that there is real change um, that's taking place in your life. So it's kind of different than like talking to your friend on the couch, you know, it's like there's an actual methodology that's going into this. I think one of the things that I know so many people struggle with is they set these goals and then they don't meet them and then they feel terrible about themselves. 
what can we do to make sure that even if we you know don't reach the goal or something happens and we get derailed how can we make sure that we're not just like spiraling so quickly I am so glad that you brought this up as a professional spiraler. <laughs> um, no, but something um, something that I think is a great thing to talk about at this point is really this idea of readiness for change. Um, we talk a lot about in you know psychology and even in the therapeutic process stages of change, and the stages of change were developed by researchers James Prochaska and Carlo Di Clemente, who identified this. It was actually around a smoking cessation study in 1983, um, but they identified six stages of change. And so, as I'm reading these off, I think it's a great opportunity to really be honest with yourself and consider like what stage of change that you're in, or even understanding better what stage of change others are in too. So we are realistic in how we are supporting others as well. So the first stage of change is pre-contemplation. And in the pre-contemplation stage, this is when someone's not really thinking very seriously about change and they really don't want any help. You know, like they probably tend to defend their current behavior and don't feel that you know what they're doing is a problem they're fine with it and they might even get defensive if other people try to pressure them to change so that's the pre-contemplation stage like you're not even contemplating it right like you're not even thinking about it and then the second is the contemplation stage in the contemplation stage people are more aware of the consequences of their behavior and so they're spending more time thinking about their issue or their obstacle or their problem but they still might be a little ambivalent about it right and they're really weighing the pros and cons of stopping their behavior or not because the truth is that it probably still serves you in some way even if it's not healthy it might be, be rewarding you like right away right so you're like i don't really know if i want to give this up i know that it's a problem but like i don't I don't know if I'm there. Um, and then the third is the preparation and determination stage. In the preparation and determination stage, people have finally made a commitment to change. They're thinking, you know, something has to change. This is serious. I need to do something about this. And what can I do? And so they're starting to gather information and resources around what they need to do to actually make the change. And then the fourth stage is action, which is kind of the goal, right? It's where now people believe they have the ability to change and are actively involved in taking steps toward changing their behavior. Um, it kind of goes back to what we were originally talking about is that core belief system has changed, right? It's like, it's no longer, well, I'm lazy and this is just who I am. And you know what I mean? It's like, no, they believe like I can be this person with a change in my accumulated behaviors, right? And also in this stage, people tend to be more open to receiving help and seeking support from others. And then there's stage five, which is the maintenance stage. And maintenance is when we're able to now like kind of successfully avoid any temptations that would cause us to relapse into previous behaviors. So now we're able to anticipate situations that could set us up for a relapse and have already thought about alternative ways to respond and to cope. Um, so the goal of the maintenance stage is now to essentially maintain this new lifestyle and Part of that is even just reminding ourselves of how much progress we've made. Now, the final one, which is what you were just asking and bringing up, is the relapse stage. And 
just take a deep breath because along the way, most people experience a relapse at some point. Like it's very common to fall back to a previous stage and it's a normal part of the process of making changes in behavior, which can be hard, especially if you've been operating this way your whole life or most of your life, right? It's so much easier to go back to what's familiar. Um, and so many times people do feel discouraged or see themselves as a failure. And so they're just tempted to give up completely and kind of throw in the towel like, well, this is proof of like, this is, I guess, who I just am. And there's no way I can change. But I think the important thing to realize and to just really reframe that mentality into realizing that um, in a relapse, you shouldn't see yourself as having failed. Like I said, it's a normal part of the process of changing behaviors. Instead, use this as a learning opportunity to consider how the relapse has happened and, and use that as an opportunity to learn how to cope differently, right? Relapses can be an opportunity to learn how to utilize going forward, right? Like what were my blind spots? What kind of led me to fall off? And what can I do to prevent that or cope through that or change that going forward? So if anything, it should be more of an informative experience of gaining self-awareness rather than I failed. Normalize that relapses happen. Um, and that's okay. Um, have grace for yourself um, and use it as a learning opportunity instead of being perfection oriented. Um, open yourself to be more learning and curiosity oriented when it comes to yourself. That was Brittany Moses. Make sure to check out uh, her resources and writing at BrittanyMoses.com. Listening to House Fires, Ryan Ellis and Cecily. The song is Lean on the Lord. A good one. All right, it's time for Two Truths and a Lie. You guys know this game, but we're we're gonna score it like this. So each of the cast members is gonna bring two truths and a lie. The other cast members will guess. If they guess the lie correctly, they get a point. We'll do a few rounds and we'll see how well we know each other. You guys can play along at home. All right, Jesse, you're up first. Give us your two truths and a lie. This is about the fruit, not the people from New Zealand. Okay, I just want to preface that because probably in a lot of questions. So, the so two truths and a lie. I like kiwis. I'm indifferent about kiwis. Or I'm allergic to kiwis. All right. Remember, I'm talking the fruit, not the people. I, I'm going to go with <laughs> allergic to kiwis as the lie. Wait, what? I thought it was you gave us three facts. I thought I have three facts. facts about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Your three truth. facts. That's three facts. I'm telling you. How uh, can you like uh, and be indifferent at the same time? 
Shoot, I did. I did two <sighs> lies and a truth. I did one truth, two lies. Yeah. Darn it! I botched the first one. I'm allergic, guys, so never give me kiwi. <laughs> so round one, I, hey, I'm saying I back. found it though. Out of the two lies, I found it. Yeah, you did. You did. I found impressive. It. So I should get I'm some ar- points. I'm already in the dish, guys. Okay, sorry. Right. I the next rounds just. Sand back this one for me. I've got the next Thank one. you for the points, Jesse. Well, Derek uh, got it. Gracias. Gracias. Well, I mean, Jamie, did you guess it too? That Well, I mean, if you said anything other than he was no, allergic. No, I didn't guess. You didn't guess. Okay. Yeah, I didn't say anything. I mean, because you could have both guessed. I mean, you could both be right. Get points. Anyway, all right, Je- mm-hmm. Jamie, what are, you, what are your two truths? I didn't botch Two truths episode. and one lie. Just to be clear, two truths, one lie. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Two truths and one lie. Here we go. Number one, I was a homeroom mom for five years in a row when my kids are in elementary school. Number two, I used to give plasma to get money. Number three, I accidentally ran over a dog in high school while skipping school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> they all seem very plausible. I'm really, I'm really hoping the dog's untrue. I'm really hoping that's. that's it. Okay, so you're picking the dog as the lie. Derek, what's your, yeah. your choice? Yeah, I'm going to go with the dog. All right, Jamie, what's the lie? Um, the lie is that I was a homeroom mom for five <laughs> years in a row. I did actually run over a dog in high school and skipping school. I apologize. I love dogs. It was a, it was it was oh, a, it was oh a no. very very and I did oh, get plasma no. for money for a few years. You got you got me there. <laughs> you got me for sure. So do I get a point, Cameron? Because neither one guessed. I should. Uh, sure. Yes, I am still a very aghast <laughs> that you skipped school and murdered living Accidentally, things. Accidentally, I wasn't mm-hmm. out to run over dogs. Is this dogs. the first time you've made this confession publicly? <laughs> maybe, maybe publicly. I think publicly, all of these might be the first time. So here we go. Good. All right, Derek. What's yours? I went to a K through twelve school, so kindergarten through twelfth grade. Uh, I was ranked top twenty five in the nation for basketball. Or my wife is a drug dealer. Okay, I know your wife's a pharmacist, so we're gonna we're gonna scratch that one off. What was the first one? I went to a K. I went to went to a K through twelve school. I'm gonna go with you. Went to a K through twelve school. Nothing against your basketball. I've never seen you play basketball. So, so you're saying the lie is what the basketball? Sorry, sorry. I'm gonna say the, basketball lie, is the basketball. Lie. Derek, I know I know you're a hooper, but top twenty five in the nation is pretty elite status. I'm I'm sorry to say I'm gonna have to go with that. Yeah, which is the lie. Yeah, I lied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was top 10. Oh, no, I was like, oh my God. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> All right, that was good. All oh, right, yeah. after one round, Jesse has one, Jamie has two, Derek has one. Here we go. Uh, Jesse, do it right this time. You're up. All right. I've been banned from go kart establishments in three states for reckless driving. <laughs> I've been banned from the Regal Cinema Funscape for stealing disregarded arcade prize uh, tickets from the dumpster and then bringing them inside, attempting to redeem them in a garbage bag. Oh, that's true for sure. Or I've been banned from a local Arby's for inadvertently staining the roof with ketchup. I feel like all of these could be true. That's the thing. <laughs> the fact that two of those are true is... <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. I'm going to go with the arcade as being the lie. That's my guess. Okay. okay. Derek? I'm going Arby's. Okay. The lie, the lie was Arby's. I was, I just received a warning at that incident. <laughs> 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 so, good job, Derek. Oh good my job. Gosh. Sounds like you've been in the same boat before. <laughs> okay, Jamie, you're up. All right. Uh, number one, in college, I had a fake ID with the name Regina Morales. 
Number two, I donate blood four times a year to help save lives. Number three, in college, some friends and I went to lunch with our Spanish professor hoping for a better grade. Is, did you do? Did you say lunch in air quotes? <laughs> it was lunch. <laughs> I'm going to go. The, the fake ID seems very specific. I'm going to go with that one. As a lie? Okay. So the lie is the fake ID. Derek, what's your guess? I'm going with donate blood. I, I feel like you're afraid of needles. Um, I did have a fake ID in college. Her name was Regina Morales. Uh, <laughs> I do not donate blood. Not because I'm afraid of needles. I think everyone should donate blood. I just don't have time. So Derek, you got it right. Uh, wow. Unless it's for money because we know you <laughs> unless do Unless I did plasma when I was young and married. Yeah, yes. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> unless you're going to pay me. All right, Derek, what's yours? All right. I'm 6'2". I've been okay. to all 50 states. And I met T.I. and CeeLo and ate fruit off of a naked lady at a party. Oh, wow. <laughs> Derek, let's just say it's number three. That's a lie. <laughs> just to help you out here. You're going controversy free in 2023. You did that. say that. You're going controversy free. I- I'm going to I'm gonna play. I'm going to go with uh, number two. All right. What's the lie? You're right. I haven't been to all 50 states. Uh, <laughs> you have eaten fruit off of a naked lady? I was 21. I was in college. I had a manager at the time. He was trying to get me to uh he was trying to get me you know in all these different rooms and i go to this party and ti and CeeLo is there and then i look on the bar and there's a lady just covered in paint and she had like fruit everywhere and people were just eating it was the craziest thing i've ever been to in my entire life wow that's crazy yeah well derek you have three points jamie you have three points jesse you only have one point we have a tie But we're out of time, so we will have to pick this up on a future episode. We can just keep the points rolling forward. I like it. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Brittany Moses for joining us today. Make sure to check out uh, more of her stuff at BrittanyMoses.com, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y, Moses.com. And also, while you're checking out .coms, check out RelevantMagazine.com, where we're covering the intersection of faith, culture, life, justice, all the stuff you're into each and every day. We're posting uh, 8, 10, 12, 15 articles some days. Uh, And if you want to stay in touch with everything we're putting out, or the best of the best, I should say, um, sign up for our daily newsletter right there on the homepage. We send you our top five trending stories each weekday morning. And if you want to follow along with everything, make sure to follow us on all the socials. We're posting it all on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, stories, and uh, more to come. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. We will see you all on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. If I was a police officer, I could have stopped it on on foot. Relevant Podcast Network.